I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this is Whispers in the Basement. Oi, mate, that is fantastic. <laughs> you said, oi, mate. <laughs> oi, mate. Hello, mate. T. Hello, poppy. Arg. Oh, we're going, we're going pirate now. Okay. I was just trying to channel my inner English woman. My English woman. Oh, I thought you were going Australian because that's where I was at. I don't know how to do Australian. I the thought that's how I it sounded. Is, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know how to do Australian. I just know how to do English. Uh, I know. I can like, do a really good Russian too. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, like that's where I wanted you to go into oh, it. You wa- uh, I, I don't really talk Russian to the cat. I'll be like, you dirty little kitty cat. <laughs> Bad kitty. You stinky little poopski. Uh, that's probably fulfilling somebody's kink right now, honestly. You're probably right. But You're his welcome. his name's Mr. Bobinski, and he's like, he's a, you know, he's part Maine Coon, so we thought maybe he's Russian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always try to internalize what, like, maybe my animals, you know, nope, voices sound like. Louis definitely like a, I feel like he's got a, like, he's from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Sorry if you heard that burp. Yeah. Uh, no. I didn't hear that. Okay, but... good. I felt like I heard it. But yeah. Bebop. Bebop. Bebop Brock Study has a... He's he's Russian. Okay. Russian. I love that. Or German. Sometimes, you know. It just depends on how he's feeling that Gage day. Gage does German to him, so... That's adorable. Yeah. I don't even know. Jasper. I feel like Jasper's probably mafia. Oh, I was thinking know. like Boston. See, I feel like that's probably because he Louis. like lives to likes to live out on the streets, out on the streets, <laughs> out on the streets, Boston, a Boston, Boston. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm assuming. That's about that's about the extent of my accents, unless you, we want to talk like uh, you know Wisconsin, Wisconsin, or it was Southern. I mean, I can do it. Yeah, I don't feel like I sound great in any of them, but it's fine. I like to think I sound good in English. It, you know, like oh, English. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean, yeah, you not I would American, hope so. not American. <laughs> no, like English, like I'm from England, right? Yeah, I'm from England, mate. No, you sound uh, that doesn't that is Australian. You, I think it feels more English. I feel like they that's say mate. They say mate in England too. Let us know in the comments what which one you think Ashley's being English or Australian. I mean, I I would have to continue to talk, like now see you got me all fucked up man you're so welcome can't do it cannot do it okay so um i feel like i probably sound way different to everybody today than i do any other day yeah not because i'm taking steroids (laughs) (laughs) which god damn it (laughs) it's because ashley finally got her shit together and figured out the mic situation. I don't AKA, feel like you didn't have your shit together. You, I don't know if I really did. We went in. Ashley went in blind, <laughs> like legit blind. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> what's, what were you a, what's say? a popular blind person? <laughs> Stevie Wonder. <laughs> I feel like this is so politically incorrect right now. <laughs> I had to teach myself. Uh, But yeah, invested in some new equipment. So hopefully, hopefully this sounds pretty fucking rad. Yeah, we had to take out a loan with the mafia. And so we have like one week to pay it back with interest. Otherwise, they start taking our digits off. Oh, God. I I hope it's like not a pinky. I can't afford that. I just got these nails done. Oh, yeah. Ashley got these like trendy little nails with the neon colors tracing the tips. Yeah. And then I tried to ask you if I looked trendy today. And 
or I said, I don't feel trendy today, but do I look like a glazed donut? Because that's what I was going for. Correct. To which you said, no. No. So Ashley always thinks that she looks different than she does every single day to me. But I also feel the same way. My heart was actually broken when you said I didn't look like a glazed donut. No, you just, I mean, your skin's kind of glowy, but it doesn't look like you were slugging. I want to be like that donut, that Krispy Kreme that just got flipped. Yeah. From the grease on the conveyor belt and like the top of it's like, you know, no, golden know brown and glistening. But that is not you. I know. It's really, it makes me sad. I'm sorry. I guess you could just Crush carry around like a whole tub of Aquaphor all day and just yeah, like just lather continue it on. to lather my face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you get any clogged pores from that eventually, but. I mean, I'd probably fuck my face up for sure. Probably. This is already fucked up, but still. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, no negative self-talk on this podcast. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Matcha Lattes from Latte. The Bean. <laughs> They're called Latits. Matcha Latits. Um, JK. Uh, no, but for real. Today's episode's brought to you by... Who, I, who recommended this? Jamie in our YouTube comments. Yes. She said, Hey, you do more UFO stuff. So that's what we did. We are giving the people what they want here at Whispers in the Basement. Yeah. So thanks. I feel like we sound like we're on talk radio today. Yeah, I feel like you're being funnier than me because you're saying things and I'm just sitting here staring (laughs) at you like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. But it's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. You know, I feel like maybe just like being home yesterday and having no people interaction. I mean, like I talked to people on the phone, but I didn't talk to anybody. Yeah, but do you like walk around the house and talk to yourself? Oh, all the all day. Same. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, Sage and I have full ass conversations. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Let's get into this. All right. So anyways, today's episode is, like we said, brought to you by a fellow listener who wanted more ufo content so that's what that's what we did yes if you want to put any recommendations put it in the comments also if you just have any thoughts while you're listening to this add it into the comments i know like on spotify it says what do you think of this episode yeah it's a QA, but it's really you can leave a comment yeah absolutely mm-hmm. blow it up it's fine <laughs> just don't leave any hateful or do we still just love you either way me I was going to say you could buy my Amazon wish list. If you're going to hate, play as hate. Okay. Anyways, so many know of the Roswell crash that occurred in Roswell, New Mexico, 1947. But not many are familiar with the 1941 UFO crash in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Which is down south. Yes. Have you heard of this prior to me telling you? No. Cool. Uh Uh-uh. Did you know that UFOs are not UFOs anymore? No, I did not. They are UAPs. They are unidentified aerial phenomena. I feel like they're just always going to be called UFOs to me. I mean, to me, they will also be called a UFO, just like <laughs> Pluto will always be a planet and not a star anymore. But Oh, I was going to say kind of how like STDs are not STDs now, they're STIs. Are you fucking playing with me right now? <laughs> no, I swear to God. They're... What the fuck is an STI? Uh, sexually transmitted, transmitted infection. Okay. Nope. It will always and forever be an STD to me. I agree. Cool. That was way off track, but... You're welcome. I was, that's just where my brain went. Thank you for educating me. Thank <clears throat> you for being so for real. Being so for real, girl. <laughs> Dab me up. <laughs> 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 oh, 
my kids are probably cringing in the background. Absolutely. Shut the fuck up, Mom. Okay, anyways. So Cape Girardeau was first established as a French trading post in the early 1700s and remained a vital area for tradesmen due to its location directly off of the Mississippi River. It's a city that's rich in history as it was also a place where Union troops set up camp during the Civil War and it was explored by Lewis and Clark during the Western Expansion Expedition. Why am I telling you about this? I don't know. Because I feel like you need to know about... We love a backstory. Yeah, I feel like you need to know a little bit about Cape Girardeau. Also, you need to know that it's off of the river because of the land layout. So there's that. Yeah. Um, even though situated next to the Mississippi River, amongst the rolling hills, because there's hills yep. and bluffs next to a river, are bouts of farmland. Uh, this area today is home to approximately 38,000 people. So it's about double the size of our place. They our probably town. have better food options than we do. We're not telling you where we live, though. Because mm. you're not going to come at us. I'm pretty sure that I said where we got our drinks from. You said the bean. Thebeanco.com. There could be like 10 of them. Who the hell or knows? the bean in Chicago. They yeah, have Maybe we're from Chicago. I mean, maybe <laughs> we're from Chicago. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Anyways, since the alleged crash in 1941... There's been at least 32 documented sightings dating back to the late 50s. So 32 sightings in that same area. Okay. All sightings range from cigar-shaped objects to bright lights, disc-shaped objects, and even radar-tracking UFOs. Also to note, I read that there's a belief that the Branson-Joplin-Springfield region of Missouri forms its own triangle. So like the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Which I think if you were to look at this on a map, I would be curious to see if it does sit laterally with the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, yeah, that is interesting. I would... We'll have to look. Yeah, that would be good to look up. Yeah, so apparently that area, uh, many people report seeing phenomena and also a large amount of disappearances happen and people are never found, a.k.a. your Springfield 3. Yeah. So maybe that's where they went. They just disappeared into a different... Into a different dimension. Dimension, yeah. Or outer space. Yeah. Milky Way. Portal. Whatever. Black hole. Black hole. Yep. Um, Black holes. (laughs) Those of you that know me know how my brain focuses on black holes. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we are going to start with Reverend William Guy Huffman. He's kind of the center point of this uh, story. He's who a lot of our uh, information comes from. So he was the new reverend in town in 1941, and he was given assignment by the Southern Baptist Convention to help with the Red Star Baptist Church. He was well known for his ability to raise money for funding churches and increasing the size of attending congregation. He was said to be a natural born leader who expressed a lot of charisma, which made it easy for him to gain the support of the community, thrusting him to be a pillar of society. So he was like automatically, yeah, like an icon, a go to. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. a founding father. Trustworthy type guy. So an early evening in April of 1941, no one knows the exact date, and you'll see why when we get to the end of this, but early evening of April 1941, around 9 p.m., the phone at the Huffman House rang, and Reverend William answered. After a few minutes of being on the phone, he disconnected the call and informed his wife that someone from the police department had phoned to deliver some disturbing news. There had been an airplane crash on a local farm just outside of town, and one of the farmers had notified the police. The farmer had reported a brush fire and that people had been injured. Reverend Huffman was needed on site to assist with prayers for the injured or possibly deceased or dying victims of the crash. So to some, this might seem a bit strange that these victims were not picked up and transported to the local hospital for medical help, 
nor were they being transferred to the funeral home if they were dead. I don't know if that's how they're all handled these days. I don't know. I just know that that was mentioned. Like, it's a little strange. Yeah. So Reverend Huffman informed his wife that a car was on its way to pick him up, take him to the site, and he would return as soon as possible. He grabbed his coat and his Bible and waited for his escort. The vehicle that showed up to retrieve the Reverend was not your normal police car. It was a large Suburban. Many assumed that the sheriff was in the vehicle with him at the time that he was picked up, but there's also alleged rumors that he was not and that it was government authority that picked him up, which makes sense. Right. Black Suburban. Government. FBI. CIA. Uh, being new to the area, Reverend uh, Huffman was not familiar with where many things were located in the town, but what he did recall was a drive that was approximately 25 minutes and 15 to 20 miles just outside of the city limits. Pulling up to the crash, uh, just a bit off of a local farm is where the site was at. The road was lined with vehicles of other farmers, police, fire trucks, and government vehicles. The number of vehicles that he recounted only led him to think that something serious had happened. Once at the farm, they exited the vehicle and walked about a quarter of a mile through woods and fields until the reverend found himself standing in a large open field that could have either been a hayfield or a wheat field. Brush and grass burning apparently ignited by the crashed aircraft. Uh, the reverend observed a number of police personnel, members of the fire department, local newspaper photographers, and men who appeared to be government officials. Later... He recalled that these men to be, uh, he recalled these men to be FBI agents. So you were right. Foreshadowing. Right. Through the smoke, the Reverend was a bit caught off guard by the wreckage. He assumed this would be one of an airplane, but what he was actually looking at appeared to be some type of unfamiliar flying machine. It was smooth, silver, disc shaped, and made of metal. A little perplexed, he remembered what he'd been called to the site for and was immediately taken to the occupants of the flying object. Two were located directly next to the craft and had appeared to be killed on impact, and a third one had been moved to an emergency vehicle as it was still breathing. He was brought over to pray and perform the appropriate ritual over the two deceased beings. His first observation of them was that these were not human. (laughs) They were small bodies with large heads that had large oval-shaped eyes that were dark. Uh, Their facial features... (laughs) (laughs) Stop looking at me like that. (laughs) Their facial features consisted of small slits for a nose, a small slit for a mouth, and no definitive ears. Their bodies also did not have any hair. All right. So two questions. (laughs) I knew. I was waiting. I could see the mouse mouse wheel turning. One, did they have eyelids? Because, I mean, I know that... You know, whenever deer die, their eyes are still open. They do have eyelids. Well, I, but think, I think when anybody dies, their eyes are probably open. I don't know. I've never watched somebody die or, like, came up on somebody dead. But also, if they did not have ear holes, they were they do they, like, just read your mind? I mean, that's been said that sometimes they just, like, it's like tele- telekinesis. Telepathically. Oh, okay. Telekinesis is that's where you can move things. <laughs> <laughs> telepathically, they talk right. to each other. Yeah, maybe I'd, they are telekinetic as well. I don't know about the uh, I don't know about the eyelids portion. Yeah, or the ear hole portion. Yeah, sorry, we'll I don't have, have that information. Alien. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you do you, boo. Um, anyways, so they were about four feet long and didn't appear to have any bone structure. Their attire was that of a me- metallic suit, which appeared to be wrinkled, much like wrinkled tin foil. 
I was thinking of those emergency blankets that you like keep in your car for, for if you heat. get in a wreck. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. That was one of the prepper things that something. I bought whenever COVID hit at Walmart. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I also got like bleed stop stuff. That's what tampons are for. If you have an open wound, you can just pour this powder on there and it Aaron stops tells me any open wound, you just shove a tampon in there. <laughs> also true. I'm like, yeah. okay, I mean, I guess, I guess in desperate measures. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, if it wasn't a suit, then it was their skin because the two seemed to blend together at the neck area. <laughs> so the creatures had long legs. I'm so glad that you said legs and not eggs this time. <laughs> and long arms. Fingers, but didn't appear to look like those of a human. Maybe three fingers. Did they describe the feet? No. Dang it, I want to know what their toesies look like. I bet they're the same. I bet like they're fingers. <laughs> you know those people that have their really long toes that look like Clearly. Fingers. Clearly one of us only you talked about selling feet pictures. The other one actually went down the avenue of probably... <laughs> A little bit further than the other one. Because, uh, no. Speaking of feet, she just touched me with her feet. <laughs> I had to tuck it's my right. toes. <laughs> it's my fucking shoe. Oh. oh, yeah. I don't have shoes on. I have socks on. It's my fug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So even though the crash site had fire, their bodies didn't appear to be burnt in any way. The craft itself was a metal disc. That upon impact had a large gaping hole in the side. The reverend stepped closer to the craft and peered inside to see a seat much like a driver's seat with an instrument panel that contained lots of gauges and dials that he'd never seen before. Inside the craft was a band of metal covered with rows of symbols that he could not read. He recalled later that they appeared to look like something he had studied previously and compared them to ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics. One thing the reverend did notice shortly after his arrival was the amount of people that were arriving on the scene that were of military status. The groups of photographers were being removed and replacing them were these military personnel. He was pulled into a group of men and was told that if anyone asked about the details of this night, they were to tell no one of what they saw. Now, in today's standards, this would not happen. No, not unless you really sign an NDA. Yeah, we have the world's biggest mouths and we tell all. And I feel like a lot of people sell their story Oh, absolutely. There's money to be made in stories like this. Yeah. But back in the 40s, people were much more patriotic and they respected authority. Yeah. More than what we do today. Absolutely. Um, There was also a huge fear that if you did tell, you would be marked as a spy or a traitor and risk being put into a detainment facility. Because remember, this is 1941 and it's also not too long after World War II started. They they probably would have like done human testing or something on you if you would have spilled the beans. Probably. They probably thought these guys were like... German Germans. <laughs> like German Nazis? German children that they just put <laughs> some random saucer. <laughs> Maybe. Who the fuck knows? Anyways, okay. Um, uh-huh. After each group of civilians was informed of the secrecy, they were removed from the scene. Government authorities started to clean up, uh, including disposing of every piece of the craft and the bodies of its occupants. Reverend Huffman was packed up into the vehicle that he arrived in and taken back home. Once home, he hung his coat up and surprised to see his family still up waiting for him. He decided to tell them the night he'd just had. They were sworn to secrecy to never talk about what he was telling them as it was now a matter of national security. Once his story was finished, what sounded like one heck of a science fiction story his family found to be truth because this man, after all, was a man of honesty and integrity. 
Right. I mean, I would like to think that if Seth came home and was telling me that, that I would believe him. Yeah. You wouldn't believe Aaron? I mean, I think I would believe him. I would believe him. I'm woo-woo, though. So right. I, I, I believe so much shit. It's right. insane. So in the years following the crash, nothing was ever reported or really talked about again. It took several years before whispers came back into the local groups. And at this time, it was reported that one of the men amongst Reverend Huffman's congregations had been at the crash site that night and had taken a picture of one of the deceased. At the time... The Reverend recalled seeing news photographers upon his arrival. So, like, picture fedora hats, button-up shirts, and slacks, like old-school mm-hmm. investigator type. Uh, two or three at a time taking pictures of these creatures. So, three of them. You've got one on each side, each one holding up the deceased by their armpits, and the third one's, like, taking the picture. So, story goes, one of these photographers happened to be a member of the Reverend's church and passed along a photo that he had taken. This photo, to this day, has not been recovered since Reverend Huffman's passing in the 50s. Oh, that's so unfortunate. Yeah. So his family has become more open about talking about the story that he told her calling that night. And his children have not relocated this picture. And it's believed that he allowed someone to borrow it to make a copy only to never receive it back. The friend that he allowed to borrow it was said to have worked for the government prior to knowing Huffman. So allegedly, this picture was turned over to the authorities. I was going to say, because it's not like you can just go to Walmart and get this print. Yeah, like, let me just get a copy of this. Right. Many people have gone back through the emergency logs during that time and were unable to find any documentation of a crash. There are crashes before and after, but nothing reported during April of 41. Nothing ever appeared in the newspaper, and some researchers even went as far as going back through the old the old film bits to see if they could find some snippet of film from that night, but nothing. It seemed that all the film had been redacted and pieces were missing, indicated that someone had been there prior and removed the evidence of that night. Wow. So it's gone. Yeah, the FBI did a really good job of cleaning that up. They took a really big pink eraser and said, not today. (laughs) Not today. You will not know. So it's no secret that after the crashing at Roswell that President uh, Truman issued (laughs) Truman. Truman issued an executive order establishing a program known as the Majestic. So this group consisted of 12 members that came to be known as the Majestic 12. They were put in place to research the technology used on UFOs to develop our military weapons and also how to clean up any future crashes, what to do with the bodies of any passengers on these crashes, and how to cover this up from the public. Recovered memos from this branch of the government talk highly about the Roswell crash and the recovered bodies, but it also mentions this is not the first reporting of a craft with bodies that the U.S. government recovered. Memos indicate UFO crashes in which disks, crafts, and alien entities were recovered dating back to 1941. Some believe the mention of, 19, of the 1941 incident is that of the Cape Girardeau crash. The memos from President Franklin Roosevelt to one of the generals at the Roswell crash mention reverse engineering the alien technology and that it's believed that the information recovered from that was used in the Manhattan Project, also known as the project of the creation of the atomic bomb. Dang, how all the pieces just tie together. They do. They really do. So it makes you wonder also, like, you know, we've talked a lot about how our technology just really like took a boost in the last, like during sections of the decade or whatever. Right. And it, century, not decades. I know. Century. But it makes you wonder like, did we also discover things when we did reverse engineering on that stuff that helped us? Like, yeah. And that just triggered you it. You know, did we come up with the microwave because of that? Like, who the hell knows? Yeah. You know what I mean? So 
I don't know. That is crazy. Yeah, so there's no evidence uh, of it anymore. Uh, there was a little bit about how, so the, I guess, the area, because, you know, now we've got highways and stuff down there that weren't there in the 40s. And um, somebody said that a gentleman that was plowing his field or something like that had found some bits of what they thought to be the wreckage, but... It was again taken from the right. He's never going to find out government. anything. Yeah, yeah. So, but the the one thing that I did want to mention is that um, this was not the first crash that I had ever heard about. It so the earliest UFO crash I had ever heard about was in the actual. It was in the eighteen hundreds. Oh, and it was in Texas, and that was kind of the same scenario where the occupant of the craft had passed and they called in a reverend mm-hmm. to give him his final rites and they actually buried that occupant in this tiny town and in the 70s um it it kind of got brought back up again and it sparked interest and people wanted to dig it back up well the cemetery committee wouldn't let them dig it back up and then the the headstone went missing no way. And now the body's gone. So I can't imagine ever just being so like dedicated to a purpose or interested that I'm like, let me go dig up this dead body. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I I feel like I could. I don't know. I just feel like there would I mean, it would have to be good. Like it would have to be a good reason to right, disturb. Like, let's say you were accused of a crime or something and I had to mm-hmm. Yeah, th- sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if if aliens, if I would be like, oh, let me go dig around real quick and see if I can dig up this body. Yeah. the There was also talk that some of the um, wreckage from that crash that the sheriff at the time in the 1800s had taken it and actually disposed of it in a well on somebody, on this land. And, of course, you know, that land sells throughout history. And yeah. Then, Somebody bought it and they were using the well water and this man developed like this awful form of arthritis. I just don't understand why a well. Why would you throw it in a well? Yeah. I think it's because back then, I mean, people threw dead bodies in wells because it's deep and they're thinking like nobody will ever find it, which nobody ever did find this because it caused such a problem with this man's health that they ended up, they filled it with concrete. Oh, so it's just not usable anymore. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Hmm. Dang, this was a good recommendation. I'm glad that you uh, dug deep on this. Yeah. An ASMR teeth nail moment. Yeah. The um, the other thing that I was going to mention is, you know, he talks about the hieroglyphics. Uh-huh. And there was a similar instance in the United Kingdom where a American military man, two of them actually, had been called out for some sort of disturbance in a in a forest and when they showed up they were walking through the forest and they came to a clearing where they encountered a craft and one of them talks about how on the outside ring of this craft uh-huh. it was spinning and it was spinning what looked like hieroglyphics oh yeah and he actually touched it mm-hmm. and then um when he touched it he could see talking telepathically right right uh, he could see numbers. It was like they were talking to him in numbers, which right. they talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. They talk about 
like sequences and all yes. of that yeah mm-hmm. and math is it's a universal language math is yeah. it doesn't change per country like Mm-mm. language does so yeah i don't know dang that is so crazy i don't know i just felt Did like i saw scary. something out of my corner of my eye this house is haunted you know well <laughs> well <laughs> well golly i don't know where i was going with the math i don't either that thought's gone yep um oh yeah so with the numbers i feel like because didn't he write them down he did yeah they because he had to get them out of his head it was just it just kept repeating yeah and he so ended up writing like a whole notebook of this and nothing came of it no nobody's been able able to break the code yeah so i just feel like it would have to take the right person that is just curious and this certain or somebody else t- yeah. that touches the the spacecraft yeah and they're able to piece the puzzle together. I don't know what. Okay, you can understand this because we both have the same color of eyes. Okay. So, did you know that when they break down the um, studies of people that have been abducted by aliens, that people with green eyes are abducted more than any other eye color? No, I did not know that. Why? I don't know. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I don't if you know. knew why. No, it's like the. I also have read that we have the smallest percent or one of the smallest percentage of people in the world with that eye color. It's like two or four percent. Oh. Which I find really weird because I feel like I know so many people that have green eyes. Yeah. Now, yeah. I didn't growing up. Everybody had blue eyes. Right. I was the only one with green. Everybody else had blue. But yeah, I, I read one time that green eyes are the highest percentage of people to get abducted by aliens. Great. Yeah. Maybe we have been and we just don't know it. I don't know if I really want to remember it. You want to go back into that memory? People would, audit, people would already, like, they already call me a conspiracy theorist, so I my name would be Tarnished. Okay, so I have to tell you about this one thing okay. real quick. Um, I will have to look it up as to what it's called, but it's this unknown... It's like a disease, and I feel like it came about when people were getting abducted by aliens. Take take the mic for a second. I'm going to Google it. Just okay. start talking about random stuff. Okie dokie. Wow. I hate whenever the pressure is put on me to talk about random things. Hmm. I think for dinner, <laughs> I'm going to cook. <laughs> uh, there is this uh, viral, like, in okay. and out burger. Hold on. I'm finishing my thought, man. Oh, okay. God damn There's this yeah. viral in and out burger that instead of a bun, you used grilled onions. It looks fire. So that's what I'm going to make for dinner. Okay, cool. I've done them on a quesadilla before. Ooh, that sounds so good. All right. So it's called... Bleh, you know, it makes me so sick to think about this because I... <laughs> it's called more Morgellons disease. Mm-hmm. So it is fibers or threads, black stringy material that's in your skin. Nope. That's hard It's pass. absolutely gross. It makes me think of... Um, I feel like that's a horror movie thing. It makes me think of the clusters. Uh, oh, yeah. Tryptophobia or whatever. Yeah. I, that creeps me. Like the lotus flowers Stop that you it. don't like? Stop You're it. Welcome. Yep. Gross. <laughs> Anyways, the fir- it's like one of the first cases of that that came about that was brought up. Mm-hmm. It was said to be a alien abductee. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty rare then, I would assume. It is very rare. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. That's what ancient aliens get you. Yeah, I was going to say. Random tidbits just stored up there for some. Yep. Ashley's Word brain is uh, ancient aliens and QVC. There's a lot of random shit stored up there. Absolutely. I That's one of my favorite things is whenever 
like if you're a person that just has a bunch of random knowledge, I try to be that person that always knows enough of something to spark a conversation like with anybody. And yeah. I feel like you're the same way. Yep. Yeah. Just random shit that just mm-hmm. did you know? Could, could I know more things that are probably more beneficial to me in life? Yeah. But if you want to know any holistic thing, I probably freaking know it. Yeah. Because you rabbit hole that shit. I like absolutely business. do. Yeah. Um, we actually forgot to do a shout out. Oh yeah, I was gonna plug that at the end for you. Well, we need to do a shout out, and we need to talk about the sticker thing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'll do the shout out. Do it. So the shout out goes to Toolist Woodworking. It's the gentleman and the business that did our desk, which I have yet to post a picture of, but I promise you guys, I will. Um, he has a Facebook, and he also joined us on uh, YouTube today as a subscriber. So yay! Thank you, good sir. Much appreciated. Yeah, so if you need any custom woodworking done, hit him up. Yeah, he's pretty rad. I'm not going to lie. This desk is I was going to say this desk is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the stickers. I don't know the full detail. Oh, wait. Yes. Okay, so the stickers. We have a bunch of stickers made, like four different designs. Um. So we want to do a thing where we encourage our listeners to shout us out on social media. So for the first 25 people that follow us on instagram share a episode that they're listening to on their social media and tag us Mm -hmm. and leave a comment on any of our episodes you'll get a free sticker of your choosing yeah we'll send it to you postage paid absolutely because you know that postage just went up so (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um, de- whenever you complete all of those things, just uh, slide into the DMs and let us know that you've done that, and you will get a free sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Woot woot. Cool. Well, yeah. So we just wanted to drop a free, uh, a freebie Monday episode because we were super stoked about the microphone thing. Yeah, man. This like breathes a new life into our inspiration. Lauren was testing it, and she's like, "I feel like I'm on an actual talk show." I'm like. Yeah, yeah, man. We are legit. 93.9, the Eagle. Oh, I was going to say KPLR, but I, <laughs> I was just throwing random shit out there. I was just going back to, like, you know, what my dad would listen to, like oh, Sean okay. Hannity. Yeah. Yeah. I like guess. Massive conservative. Yeah. <laughs> that was my dad. Good Lord. Cool. Well, that wraps up today's episode. You can find us on Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Music, and Patreon. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star review, give us a thumbs up on YouTube, and hit that notification bell so you can get an alert every time an episode drops. We'll see you in the meantime. Nope. We'll see you next week. But in the meantime... I just hit myself on the mic. Stay strange, my friends. Wow.